Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. The topic for our talk is uh, wise intention for the new year. So when we talk about wise intention in terms of um, Buddhist psychology, what we're talking about is the practice of awareness and the contemplative practice, the mindfulness practice to um, to look at what we're intending for ourselves in our lives and to have that pause for wisdom, to allow the wisdom door to enter and to kind of bring light into what's going on in our consciousness and to see where there's suffering, where there's stress and what the causes are for suffering and stress, what the roots of the causes are. We talk about things like greed, aversion, hatred, delusion. And through the wisdom teachings and the wisdom process, we're uprooting the things that create greater suffering for ourselves and others. And um, I thought about this from a different angle this year. Accidentally bumped into a book on um, nonviolent communication while I was cleaning my office and started to glance, getting tired of the cleaning, you know, started to pick it up and really um, found this part of the teachings on what our needs are, what is a need. And a lot of times on the spiritual path we assume <clears throat> that part of spirituality or meditation or Buddhist practice is giving up needs, letting go of needs, surrendering the need. We think about the monk in the cave or the aesthetic having two meals a day or the empty bowl with alms. And um, I'm challenging that for this talk that maybe needs are not something to be given up, surrendered completely, um, disowned on a spiritual path, but embraced and known fully through the lens of wisdom. And oddly enough, after I found that book on nonviolent communication on my shelf, <laughs> my dusty shelf stuffed in the back of all these books, I came across some teachings by a Buddhist Dharma leader by the name of Oren Sofer, who also teaches um, nonviolent communication. And I wanted to share some of his teachings and reflections with you for our intention setting uh, for today, which we'll be doing later with Casey. So <clears throat> I think you'll all agree that this is generally a tough time on the planet. Many, many struggles and forces in our society right now. And whether you're concerned about um, the Earth, global warming, what we're doing to our planet, or social justice, 
economic inequality, the disenfranchisement uh, of minority cultures and uh, people all over um, the politics can be disheartening. And even some of our own personal challenges, just getting through the day, whether it's family or health or economics or just the stress of life, we're all really feeling it. And it's easy, very easy, to become overwhelmed, <clears throat> reactive, shut down, right? caving into despair or dissatisfaction and hiding out in conspicuous consumption of some kind, addiction, right, shopping, or just really tuning out. So the challenge of this time is to stay present, alive, conscious, <coughs> energized, skillful, <coughs> balanced, finding ease, so that we can rise up to whatever is asked of us, personally, interpersonally, collectively. We want to be there. We want to show up with that wisdom, with energy, and with strength. So through the Dharma teachings, we get to explore that middle path, balance, equanimity, and ease, so we don't exhaust ourselves or burn out. This is a time where we're all needed, we're all called upon for some wise effort. More than ever, we need to explore the interdependence that we need each other to make things work. And the world gets smaller and smaller through technology, through media, through communication through limited resources. So this is the time to allow this time for skillful reflection, skillful intention. How do we meet our own needs so that we can stay healthy and strong? The needs of our loved ones, our work, community, and our planet. And what does it mean to have a need? Just think of what it feels like inside or what your associations are around the words, I need. Some of us may feel weak or unentitled or that that's a bad word, you shouldn't need, you should give. But we all have very healthy needs. So what does it mean to be on the path of meditation, mindfulness, spirituality, and have dreams, wants, desires, deeply held values, aspirations, goals. How do we hold that on the path? 
how do we stay in balance? And the practice teaches us the balance of wanting and the balance of letting go. The balance of dreaming and creating and aspiring and the balance of allowing things to be as they are. And one does not have to be sacrificed for the other. So I want to talk about um, needs in the language of nonviolent communication, which I think is so beautiful. And um, so in nonviolent communication, there are just these core needs that we all have that are healthy and they're part of being human and we're born with and they're inherent to just this biological, social, emotional, mental being. Everyone has them. And I'll list a few. The need for connection, which is ex connection, acceptance, affection, belonging, community, inclusion, mutuality, to know and be known, to see and be seen, to understand and be understood, trust, warmth. And this is one of the reasons why Sangha is such a special and beautiful place, because we provide that for each other. We provide that space. It's an essential need, a baby without um, that connected need to be known and warmth does not survive. It's as important as the physical well-being for air, food, water, movement, touch, shelter, sexual expression. We also have a need for honesty, presence, integrity, authenticity. And you could almost feel the disconnect when those are not happening in groups or in the culture or in society. And I think that's where the Dharma becomes so precious for us and brings us back to core value, to the truth of the way things are. And I find myself in these times really allowing myself to anchor in on the truth of the Dharma, the truth of the teachings as refuge. We also have a need to play and be joyful and silly and regress a little. We have a need for peace, beauty, harmony, communion, inspiration, and creativity. There's a need for autonomy not just from an egoic point of view, but from a movement of expression and giving, choice, freedom, independence, space, spontaneity. It's what keeps us alive and present. We have a need for meaning, awareness, celebration of life, clarity, contribution, creativity, growth, hope, purpose, to matter, 
consciousness and awareness. These are the things that make us human, connected. It's almost a no self-teaching that we're all interdependent in this way. We all have the same basic core, um, just like the air we breathe, you know. We have the same desires, this oneness. We're not different. And nature teaches us this no self, this interdependence, right? That for animals, trees will provide uh, shelter and food and safety and shade, right? And little animals will spread pollen and help trees. And without trees, we wouldn't be able to breathe. Our air would be so compromised. So when we talk about needs, we talk about naturally the giving and receiving that's natural, the flow to give and to take. So when these needs come up, sometimes we've been really um, shamed for our needs or told don't need. You shouldn't have a need. But looking at it from this lens, it's like all of these impulses to meet these needs is like a plant turning towards the light. An inboard, inborn desire to meet needs as an expression of our heart, the movement of our heart towards wholeness. So when these desires and um, thoughts and planning and dreaming come up, and I'm sure many of you have these thoughts around the new year, it's normal. Uh, have you had them for 2018? This is what I want. This is what I don't want. This is what I want to focus on. Here's where I want to put my energy. Here's where I don't want to put my energy. This is what I want new in my life and I want to create. This is healthy. You know, the heart desire to open and express. It's our relationship to these desires and needs that count in Buddhist psychology, yeah? It's how we relate. For some of us, we're taught to push away, deny, and suppress needs. <coughs> Shove them down, not look at them. Make them go away. I recently had a dream like that. You know, I dreamt that I walked into the room, a room, a big meeting, a big conference room, a really big meeting with lots of people. I don't, can't say I knew them. And there was this beautiful cake in the room with lots of candles and it was pink frosting. Big cake and little gifts. And it's almost like this inner child in me looked at the cake and went, oh, is that for me? <laughs> and for a couple of moments, I thought this cake was for me and that they were celebrating something that I did, owing to find out that it was not <laughs> for me. And uh, 
It was not my part. It's a really wild dream. I bring this dream up because what it brought for me was um, desire to be seen and known and celebrated, right, that we all have, which that doesn't sound very Buddhist, right? Ego. You know, we're in the land of ego here, right? And <laughs> I shouldn't want to be seen, noticed, or valued, or um, celebrated in any way. I shouldn't want that. That's your ego. Um, and the dream also contained that feeling of not getting it. And what I, I got in reflection of this dream is how important it is to be with what's arising in your soul, in your body-mind, right? The wanting, which is perfectly natural, right? And the not getting. Both. Both count. Both are important. And as we can embrace that and hold that, and be with it in a compassionate, loving way, make space for it, the truth arises for who we are and what we are. We don't reject any of it. It's human to want, right? And sometimes we get it, we get what we want, and sometimes we don't. And the teachings help us embrace both getting what we want and not getting what we want. Having the world the way we want it that reflect our values and not having the world in the way that reflect our values. Right? Living in a culture that supports our ethics, our desire, who we are as people, and living in a culture that does not. We need to embrace it all because it's all here. And it's not going away. So what we're working with is how we meet these desires, these wants, your aspirations, your hopes, your prayers. In Buddhism, we want all beings to be happy and safe, free, free from hunger and harm. And as we know, you look as far as your phone, it's not happening everywhere, is it? And won't be. So, it's allowing the love and the wish, the desire, your compassionate <clears throat> prayer for it all to be there, to hurt with it, to ache. Maybe to have some tears. It's the holding of that in a compassionate manner. The feeling it fully. That's where our mindfulness needs to reside. In the hard parts of our heart. In allowing the whole catastrophe, as we say. Right? And to recognize these desires, whether it's for our well-being, others' well-being, our loved ones, many of us have loved ones that we wish did not suffer so, that we wish we could change the way they are. And to recognize this desire, this compassion as a gift, 
rather than something that's a burden or should be gotten rid of. Right? This ache is a gift. This wanting is a gift. This wish that it were different, it's a gift. And that even our own personal needs are part of it. They're not selfish. Marshall Rosenberg likes to say, Invite others to meet our needs like we're asking for flowers on our table rather than air for our lungs. Right? That we all can ask for what we need without grasping without clinging, without demanding, without taking hostages, right? And that if we can do this skillfully, we're really in that flow of interdependence, of giving and receiving. And this is the potential for Sangha here, that we can give to each other and serve our community and each other and receive and take in. So what does the Buddha teach about this? What makes it difficult to have a need, to ask, to want? It's the quality of our grasping. It's the quality of our clinging. Can we do it with this open hand instead of this demanding fist? That's not easy. So we're asked to how we relate to these needs and in having them and communicating and being part of this world, being part of our community and our families. Are we cultivating freedom and peace? Right? Can we be free? from the clinging and the grasping and the idea of how we want it to be. I don't know about you, but life rarely looks like how I imagine it in my mind. Does that happen for you? I build a story, you know, it's that saying man plans or woman plans and God giggles, right? I have an image and that image rarely is accurate to what unfolds. And that's the good news. Because if I can let go of that image and I'm not rigid about it and I'm open, this great mystery happens. This great flow happens. And sometimes life looks more um, alive and open and creative and resourceful right, than I even imagined. Little surprises happen all over the place. So what happens when there is a gap between what we long for, what's not here, and what's available now, when we don't have our needs met. I read that lovely list, right? What happens when we don't have it, when we're lonely or we're not supported, or um, we're not being um, seen, acknowledged, held, or we're not valued, or we don't have enough play or safety or joy, right? What happens then? And this is where the Dharma comes in, um, the practice, even being able to hold this discomfort lightly without clinging, without identifying, without building a story, but being with even what isn't here in a way 
that's caring, nurturing, with compassion and presence. A lot of times when we don't get what we want, we try to muscle the situation, force it, right? Demand, play a control game. Uh, some of us have a PhD in control. All right. <laughs> Who took that track? <laughs> Others of us deny, fight, we resist, we suppress, we stuff it down. <clears throat> We've got all sorts of strategies when we're not getting what we want, right? Anybody have a PhD in clinging and grasping and, you know, I need this in this way and I have to have it now? <laughs> and the Buddha talks about this is suffering, right? We can become very contracted, shut down, or obsessed. So Nelson Mandela spent 27 years in prison not getting what he wanted, right? 27, can you believe that? I had to look again. It's just amazing. And this is the quote um, from Nelson Mandela. When you can sit in the face of insanity and dislikes and be free from the need to change it, then you are truly free. It's a high ideal, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you can sit in the face of insanity and dislikes and be free from the need to change it, then you are truly free. It's a great reminder. It doesn't mean you're giving up the struggle, right, or you're not effective. It means you're free from the need to change it. You're not suffering. And for all of us, who are called to act in 2018, to serve, to share, to give, we need to remember this piece. Right? So, even in Buddhism, the question arises, what does it mean to have a deep value? Your value your personal value, your ethics, your values, and to have needs, but not to be attached to those needs or the outcome or the actions of others. How do we find space, a relaxed orientation of non-attachment and equanimity? How can we find that balance between wanting and letting go? between dreaming and aspiring and allowing things to be as they are? And how can we allow ourselves to feel the need entirely without shame or putting ourselves down or telling ourselves we're egoic or we don't deserve it? Right? You know that non-deserving voice. And how do we know when we're grasping or there's aversion or over-identification or pushing away? And through the mindfulness practice and the Buddhist practice, we learn to work with it skillfully. Without the shame of having needs and to be at peace as these needs arise as they are, as we are, 
And knowing what's a preference, a like and a dislike, and the true heart's calling. Right? True core opening of the heart. Knowing how to have balance and non-attachment and an openness instead of a grasping. And even allowing ourselves the willingness to fail. So I'll end with that lovely poem. If I, some of you have heard this from Mother Teresa. And it's on my phone, so give me a moment. And we'll end here. It's called Anyway. People are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What, what you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give the world the best you've got anyway. You see in the final analysis, it is between you and your God. It has never been between you and them anyway. So my aspiration, wish, desire, call is that we find the energy and strength collectively, individually, to meet our own needs in a healthy way, in a balanced way, without learning, without grasping, and to address our interconnected needs of our family, society, earth, planet, right? The world needs us, and we need the world. May we come together in strength and wisdom. May we serve each other with the highest wisdom. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.